We are live. We are in Marshfield, Wisconsin. And tonight, 6 to 8, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Looking for it should be a, uh, a feisty evening tonight, to say the very least. But uh, looking forward to it. We're going to be at Not Steep 2 is the uh, the place we're going to be tonight. So if you're uh, thinking about being a face in the crowd 6 to 8 tonight, we're going to be here live in person and having a good time and hopefully saying hi to you and uh, at that point in time boy i tell you what we got a docket of stuff today uh we got our buddy mark schofield joining us uh sb nation on the phone and mark how you doing i'm doing well bill i just want to give you a heads up a little chaotic here today we're getting some work done at the house so the kids are home from school and my daughter decided this would be the perfect time to practice her trumpet so if it sounds like a circus <laughs> in the background i apologize <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I think uh, the Packers might need a little bit of music, as a matter of fact, uh, to where we're at right now. Now, let's start first and foremost with I, I want to go to what happened overnight and the Las Vegas Raiders blowing out both their general manager and their head coach. And, and I've said all along, it's not a travesty they're firing them. It's the travesty that they hired him to begin with. I, I never understood that. And I didn't think he was a good head coach. It's proof is in the pudding. Devontae Adams apparently has more power with that team than the head coach and the general manager do. Talk about that. Yeah, and, you know, the McDaniels hiring was interesting to begin with because obviously you have how things panned out in Denver, right? You had a sort of set of circumstances where you have an established veteran quarterback. He comes in, decides, look, you know, I kind of want to go in a different direction at that position. That veteran quarterback decides that he wants out. They bring in a quarterback that McDaniels wants in Tim Tebow. It doesn't work out, and he ends up losing his job. Well, how did this scenario in Las Vegas play out? Have an established veteran quarterback. He decides he wants to go in a different direction. That veteran quarterback goes elsewhere, brings in a quarterback, and it doesn't quite work out. So you have some parallels there. And I also think with respect to just hiring Josh McDaniels to begin with, he's a very good offensive coordinator. Some people are built to be good coordinators, offensive coordinators, defense coordinators. Not everybody's built to be a head coach in the NFL. And so you wonder if maybe this is just yet more proof that his best role is as an offensive coordinator. And as you said, with respect to Devonta Adams, look, we all saw it. This is, you know, you, you can't help but wonder if the images of a frustrated Adams on the sideline playing out during an island game on a national audience the other night sort of spurred this into action because when you have a player of that caliber visibly frustrated, when you have the rest of the football world sort of wondering why is he only getting one catch? Why is he only getting a handful of targets? And we've talked about this in weeks past, you know, why aren't they getting more involved in the offense? If you're paying that kind of money to a player like that, you need to get production. And if it's in part due to perhaps coaching decisions and scheme elements to the offense. Well, as we see in the economics of the NFL today, the big money player is going to win out over the smaller money head coach. And this is a situation where this is a cash poor franchise by all reported. They're on the hook now to pay him for, I think three more seasons, maybe even more, but it was still worth it for this ownership group for Mark Davis to say, you know what, this isn't enough. And you know, the general manager's out too. What was one of his big moves? bringing in that quarterback and passing on options like, say, maybe an Anthony Richardson move or a Will Levis move in the draft. And so it seemed like this was going to come at some point. And I do think the other night in that performance against the Lions, the visible frustration from Devonta Adams played a big part in that. 
Okay, so uh, you know, I you still don't have a quarterback that can throw him the football. How many? How much are things going to change to where this guy isn't upset? I, that is a, a fascinating angle to this because you know we're seeing reported in recent hours that they're going to sort of move ahead with Aiden O'Connell, the rookie out of Purdue, who you know is an intriguing sort of late round rookie, and maybe they have something there. But I firmly believe that this is now in the okay, well. They're going to set themselves up to perhaps dip into this next quarterback class, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., J.J. McCarthy. There are some talented quarterbacks that are coming out, and there is some buzz in NFL circles about this next quarterback group. You know, you're already seeing rumors that, well, you know, maybe Adams finds his way to the Big Apple next year for a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that ends up happening in this offseason because maybe, like you said, we're going to get here through the next couple of weeks, and Adams is going to still be frustrated. He's going to still be in a situation where he doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the ball on a consistent basis. We're going to still see stat lines like we saw the other night. One catch on seven targets and missed opportunities and potential big plays left on the field because the quarterback can't connect with him. So, you know, these next couple of weeks are going to be critical in determining Adams' future, I think, with this organization. Does he decide that it's you know worthy, that it's worth sticking around for maybe a Caleb Williams or Drake May or somebody else, or does this grow to a point where they have to make yet another move because he's not going to be happy with the quarterback situation around him? Uh, let's move on to the Bears who have to release a running backs coach. Uh, now they've got two coaches that have been <laughs> – let go this year one uh, says he wanted to be with his family but there was a lot of rumors floating around out there and then another one who's inappropriate at the workplace who had to have hr talk to him numerous times you know when you read stuff like this you just think that this is a professional organization and it seems like it's just always in chaos doesn't it it does but as the head coach just told the media in the past couple of hours the culture is great in chicago which as you just sort of laid out, Bill, doesn't seem to be the case given the evidence in front of us. And I don't understand what the Bears are doing. I, I honestly don't because, you know, they made the trade yesterday from Montez Sweat, who's a very good pass rusher, and you give up the second-round pick, and maybe in their early evaluation of next year's pass rushing class, they thought, we're not going to get a player with that pick that maybe as high as, say, 35 or even higher, you know, in the draft class that is as good as him. Okay, well, that's fair. That's a good evaluation of things if that's the way you believe you also have a player that's entering free agency, you know, and are you going to then franchise him immediately? Are you going to like get into a bidding war? Is he like a, you know, six or eight week rental for a team that's struggling right now and started an undrafted quarterback. It's a very confusing decision. It's a, it's a, it's an organization right now. that seems to be struggling in a number of different ways. You wonder about the tenure of the head coach. You wonder about even the tenure of the general manager, the Chicago Bears are one of, if not the most confounding teams in the entire NFL to me right now. Uh, I want to talk about what the Packers did because Rasul Douglas seemed to be a leader, a guy that, uh, you know, for from all intents and purposes, seemed to really care. And that even the quarterback was relying upon to kind of bounce some things off of. And yet he was outspoken. And the one guy that's outspoken is the guy that is no longer with the organization and they send him off to Buffalo, and they get a third-round draft choice. And I was going through the third-round picks as of late in the last 12 years, which have been where third-round picks go to die in Green Bay. Give me your thoughts on the Packers trading Rasul Douglas away. Yeah, it's another sort of head-scratcher of a decision, particularly because, as we've talked about in recent weeks, 
the focus has to be and needs to be this season the further development of Jordan Love. And if this is a player that, as you sort of outlined, the quarterback is relied on to get some advice, get some input, get some ideas on how defenses might be scheming and on how coverages might look to take away certain things against specific route concepts and things like that, why would you then sort of turn around and move on from this player? Why would you give up a leader, trade a leader? And, you know, whether it's because he's been outspoken or or not, who knows? Maybe they just felt, look, this is an offer that we couldn't turn down. We give ourselves an extra day to pick. Maybe, you know, you can turn that into something more down the road. But another sort of strange decision on a day that I think had more strange decisions than anything else. I mean, I remember last year's trade deadline. There were a lot of moves. When you see it, it's like, yeah, I understand. This completely makes sense. You know, Christian McCaffrey, for example, that was a pre-deadline deal, but it made sense. The Niners certainly looked like they were going to go all in. The Panthers were certainly getting themselves ready to draft a quarterback. This, I don't know, it just doesn't quite feel right to me, given everything that we've talked about here just now, but they must have felt that the value was something that they wanted to go forward with, add a little bit of extra draft capital, and put themselves in position to have some options come draft time. So yesterday, out of some of the deals that went down, who, who are the winners? I don't, I mean, I think San Francisco, you know, you look at what they can do up front now with Chase Young in the mix with Bosa and with some of the other pass rushing options they have. It gives them the ability to really put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. You know, when you see how that game played out against Cincinnati on Sunday, one of the things that stood out to me watching that game live and then rewatching it on Monday was Burrow's ability to extend plays and escape and turn would be sacks into big plays and when you add a player like chase young into that pass rushing rotation you're going to give yourself more opportunities to, to turn those would-be sacks into actual sacks so i think that was a very good move for san francisco and i think washington i mean it's interesting you know with, with this new ownership group deciding to move on from sweat who they probably weren't going to be able to resign and then to trade chase young now you've given yourself some extra draft capital and their big decision going forward over the rest of the season is is Sam Howell going to be our quarterback next year or not? They have to figure that out. And if they decide at some point, whether it's you know this month, next month, or during the offseason, that Howell is not going to be that player, now you have two more picks at your disposal to go up and get a guy. Because, again, this looks like it's going to be a very good quarterback class. You might need to be in the top five to get the player you want. And the more draft picks you have at your disposal to trade as part of a deal to get up there, the more likely you can go get your player. And so I think even though they traded two very good players away, in terms of setting themselves up for the future, Washington had a pretty good day. Talking with uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Uh, so I want to talk about the, the AFC because you've got – you just talked about the 49ers. They've lost three in a row. Brock Purdy has suddenly looked human uh, for three straight games, as a matter of fact. Uh, you've got a surging Cincinnati team, still a very strong Baltimore team, still an incredibly strong Miami team. Has the top of the AFC, has it started to change a little bit? Is it the same as what you thought? And where do the Bills fit into all of this? Good matchup at Paycor on Sunday night, by the way, where the Bills have to go face Cincinnati again. Remember the last time these two teams met, DeMar Hamlin had the cardiac arrest on the field, too, so it's going to be kind of an emotional night. It is going to be an emotional night, I think, for both teams, but certainly for the Buffalo Bills. And I, I think this week is going to give us a very good look at the state of play in the AFC because you certainly have that game. You have Kansas City versus Miami, and that's going to be an early game. You know, it's that sort of game in Germany where we're going to get a look at those two teams early. You've got the Chiefs coming off 
perhaps this, the biggest head scratcher of the entire you know week week eight slate where they lose to the Denver Broncos, which confused I think everybody. Now maybe Denver's turning it on, who knows? But that was a bit of a head scratcher. So you've got those two AFC teams going at it. You've got this game between the Bills and the Bengals, which I think again is going to give us a good look at how those two teams stand right now. So there are four of the big teams in the AFC playing each other. But then there's another one, that Baltimore Ravens team, where they're playing Seattle. Seattle's currently right now, thanks to what we've seen in the past couple of weeks from the San Francisco 49ers, they are your AFC West leaders. That's a very good football team with an extremely good defense. And so I'm very curious to see Pete Carroll and that defense up against Lamar Jackson, Todd Monken, and the sort of revamped Baltimore Ravens offense and, you know, new look Baltimore Ravens passing game. From where I sit, Cincinnati seems to be coming on. You know, and I, I was among those people wondering, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they had the two games going into the bye week, you know, the game against Arizona, the game against Seattle, Burrow's looking banged up. You know, I was one that wondered, look, should they sit Joe Burrow down, let him get healthy with these two weeks and that bye week, because that big one against San Francisco is going to be the make or break game for them. Well, they went the other direction. They played them. They won both games. They go into the bye, they get them fully rested up. And you look like the Joe Burrow of old against a very good 49ers defense. Now they're back to four and three. They're certainly in the mix in the AFC. And if they come out with a win against the Bills, against Josh Allen, and what will be an emotional game, that could bump them into the, okay, they're not just back. They're for real again in the AFC. And so I, I'm very curious to see if this trend continues, because right now it looks like the Cincinnati Bengals are coming. How are the Steelers still four and three? Uh, it's it's astounding to me that the Steelers. I mean, right now, just because of head to head and all that kind of stuff, the Steelers are second in that division behind Baltimore. But the Steelers sitting at four and three seems like a, it's it's an apparition. Now it can be a testament to the head coach and Mike Tomlin, and we all love Mike Tomlin. But it just seems so odd to me when I look at that. Yeah, and you know, there's another team in Jacksonville who they just lost to that deserves to be in that AFC mix as well. And I just want to make sure I drop them in too. My dear friend and co-worker JV Acosta talked a couple weeks ago about how the Steelers are who we thought the Patriots were going to be, right? Going into the season, it was the Patriots, they're gonna be a team, but defense is extremely good. The offense will do enough, and you've got a great head coach that's gonna find ways to win games. That hasn't worked in New England, but it has worked in Pittsburgh with the Steelers team because they find ways to, you know, stay in games thanks to the talents on the defense. We saw it a couple of weeks ago. You get the big J.J. Water interception, and it gives them a chance, even when that offense is kind of struggling, to just do enough late in the fourth quarter, late in games to sort of steal a game as they did against the Rams. You know, they get sort of a surprising win late against the Ravens, a team they've always sort of been able to play well. And they're winning games that are sort of those 17-10 sort of rock fights because they have a very good defense, an offense that can do just enough. And in a year where scoring is down and defenses seem to be having a better run of things as opposed to where offenses are, that might be a winning recipe for this team. It has been so far. Will it continue? I don't know. I mean, they've got this game Thursday night, then they get Green Bay, as you know. They've got a tough stretch of games coming up. And they still got to play Cincinnati twice. But that could be enough this year, this recipe of win some ugly games, lean in on your defense, just get enough from your offense. Yeah, we got we got good games this week, no doubt about it. Great stuff as always, Mark. We appreciate it, and we'll continue to read your stuff and watch your stuff over at SB Nation as well, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Always enjoy it. Enjoy the games this week. Should be a good one. 
Appreciate it, pal. Absolutely. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes. You can find him at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. And one of the best comments, Thomas comments on the live stream a lot. When Mark said uh, my daughter is practicing her trumpet, immediately Thomas said, uh, in regards to the Packers, can she at least play taps? (laughs) So, which was the best comment I think he's ever made on the live stream. So uh, that gave me a little bit of a laugh during that interview. Uh, yeah, there you got some games this weekend. You got some incredible games. Thursday night, the Titans and the Steelers. That's going to be a decent game. But then you got Miami and Kansas City in Germany this coming uh, Sunday morning. Uh, and then some of the other games. Seattle on the road in Baltimore, as I had mentioned. You've got uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles, to say the very least. And then on Sunday night, you've got the Bills and the Bengals. And that'll be a good one in an emotional game. Uh, you, just a lot of a lot of good stuff, a lot of good football going on this weekend, too. You got to the Vikings without their quarterback on the road taking on the Falcons. Uh, you got the Buccaneers and the Texans both going at it. Buccaneers, after getting off to a hot, hot start, have fallen on hard times. Both teams at three and four. So all of that stuff. And then the Monday night game culminated with the Chargers on the road taking on the four and three New York Jets. So just a a good, good, good weekend of football. I want to let you know, coming up at the bottom of the hour, he just wrapped it up. We're going to take him. uh, We're going to take it and let you hear it in its entirety. Uh, Brian Gutekunst has just spoken. So we're going to bring all of that live or not live, but uh, as he did it just a little while ago, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. So wait with us about eight, ten minutes, and we'll have all of that for you coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc, where they are really close, and I'm waiting for the announcement who's going to be the first band to uh, to take over the uh, the new music venue because it's that close to opening. But uh, they're on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, but their food is outstanding. So don't wait for the music. Get in there for the food. Really good food and a, a great craft brewery right here in our uh, own backyard, Oconomowoc. And Dave does a fantastic job with different types of brews. In addition to that, he's a veteran, and it's a small business. It's a small brewery right here in our own backyard. So check them out. Steel Tank Brewing, Roebuck Lane in Oconomowoc. We'll be back right after the Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November. 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com.
Welcome back. Good to have you. We are live. We are in Marshfield, the Bill Michaels Show. Enjoying our time here, and uh, that's deep too tonight. We're going to be at 6 to 8, all going to be all set up and ready to go, and uh, the show gets underway at 6. And really looking forward to it. Um, it's been a while since we've been to, to Marshfield, and it's good to cruise around and kind of see how the town has grown. And uh, it's really, I mean, just a, a great main street, and the storefronts have all just been kind of filled. Last time I was here, it wasn't uh, nearly as full. It was uh, kind of in transition, we'll say. Uh, I was up here a lot for uh, our meetings with the Marshfield Clinic and such and had my knee uh, scoped uh, by the Marshfield Clinic, as a matter of fact, uh, their campus in Wausau, but nevertheless. And uh, we did a lot with them uh, years ago. And uh, it's good to, good to come back. It's good to be back in Marshfield, and we're going to be at Nuts Deep 2 tonight, 6 to 8, for the Bill Michaels Settle. Now, Grant, you're going to be right down the street. You're going to be in Stevens Point, right? Yeah, I I'm – uh, Grant's going to be in Stevens – yeah. I'm, I'm talking to Mike Clemens right now. I'm sorry. He just uh, he just oh, okay. called in. I think he might want to say hello. Uh, what were you saying about Stevens Point? Okay. No, I was saying, because I'm here in Marshfield, you're going to be right down the road tonight in Stevens Point. Oh, no. Stevens Point for is the, playing in Madison. Spiritually, oh, I will in be watching. Madison. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought I miss I misheard that then this morning. It would be kind of cool okay. if the WIAC teams hosted UW. That would be kind of fun, but no, that game's always at the uh, at the Cole Center. Okay, uh, I thought thought so, but when I heard you guys talking, I thought, oh, he's going to be here. So, uh, so we got Mike on the line. Yes, we got Mike on the line. He wants to talk about the Goody Presser. Let's uh, we're going to hear the Goody presser coming up here in a little bit, but let's uh, let's go to Mike Clemens, who just came out of uh, Brian Gutekind's full press conference uh, up at Lambeau Field. Mike, so uh, what what'd you hear? Let me give you just a quick highlight here before we let uh, the Packers GM speak in full here statewide on, on the show. And that is like we predicted earlier this morning, the team's going to come out and say, oh, no, no, you know, this has got nothing to do with personality or being outspoken or anything like that. Uh, you know, the, the Bills made us an offer that we couldn't refuse. They got up to to a third-round pick. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, but, you know, I mean, sometimes teams make trades, and it just seems to gut a locker room. And I haven't talked to that locker room yet. We're about to run out there to do practice for the next two hours, and then we'll talk to the players. But, you know, we say to me, look, you're a struggling team. And one of your better players, veteran players, are guys who stepped up as a as a vocal leader. And by by the way, there's some other reporters who pointed out things that I didn't even know about how close Jordan Love has depended on this guy to get him through this rough period. Um, aren't you worried about you know the team morale in your locker room by trading away a guy like Rasul Douglas? No matter what adversity you have, I think it's really important to keep the locker room tight. You know, and I think that's very, very important. And um, to understand that this is not an easy league and that the only way you get out of, you know, situations um, is to keep working and keep coming together. So I think that's important. Um, and I think also to kind of, you know, maintain the expectations of what they are around here. I think that's really important. Um, and, um, you know, again, the excuses of being young and all that, it's easy to fall back on those things. But um, I just I don't think we have any time for that. Can you explain... The value you see in that third round pick now, with your current situation, um, how that was to you in your mind, you know, more worth for the, what your needs and where you're going 
than keeping a, a veteran play. What you can do with that third round pick. Sure. And is it, do you think that there's a great class coming that can fill your needs when you get there next spring? Yeah, I'm going to a pretty good class coming up. But it's more about that's a four-year contract, four-year rookie contract. Um, it also, you know, it also frees up significant amount of resources um, from the cap for next year as well. You know, so I think it's it, it's everything that's involved in that, um, and then just kind of looking at our team right now and some of the young guys that need to play, and uh, making sure we know what we know there as well. So there's there's a lot of factors that go into that, um, but um, again, you know, we're we're trying to beat the Rams. That's the number one focus right now this week. But there, but from my aspect of it, there's always a little bit of uh, you know one eye on the future as well. Thank you guys. All right, Thank thanks guys. Uh, what? They, so it's important to keep the locker room. It's important to keep the morale. We're trying to beat the Rams, but we're going to get rid of one of our better players and a guy that Jordan Love has relied upon as a confident. I, that makes no sense. I I guess what it means, I guess what it means is this, Bill. We're giving up on this season. We've got a whole lot of needs. We need a left tackle now and maybe another guard. If you watch some of the tape of Sunday's game against the Vikings. And and guess what? We're going to need another defensive back. And you know what? Rather than pay Rasul what he had coming over the next year or two, we are still trying to you know, dig ourselves out of the financial hole salary cap wise that we did with, you know, the Aaron Rodgers and company group of those eight players or so. So, you know, that's what we this was a way that we could get a third round pick. Now, this is a team that just drafted 13 players, 13 players, and they're already stockpiling for next year, and that means, yeah, we've got some big holes to fill, and we'll do that through the draft, or we'll use those as chips to trade up to to fulfill big things like left tackle, uh, another defensive back or safety, or uh, maybe a quarterback. Uh, wow. I, I'm, I, I can't wait to hear this full press conference now. That. Okay, so we're, I mean, we're well, focusing you know, on beating the Rams and, and seeing what we got. I, okay, <laughs> just like wow. Well, you know, and he's he's saying that to that locker room right now, like, hey, you know, yeah, so we took away a veteran, you know, pretend we put it on IR. Okay, that means this is more opportunities for you guys to play, and focus on your on your game plan and getting ready to to play to take on Sean McVay and the Rams. But uh, to me. When I try to ask him, just how special is this third-round pick? Is there this great class of players coming that we don't know about or, or what? And it's like, no, nah, you know, Russ Ball tells me I still got to get this thing under, and I can find another corner or another player on the rookie contract for the next four years than pay Rasul or some other guy or some other guy that we want to sign. I mean, they just signed Rashawn Gary to a huge $107 million contract for the next four or five years. On Monday, but I, um, I, it's it's an to me it sounds like kind of a desperate act about we really got roster problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, great stuff being all over this today. Look forward to talking to you coming up tonight. We're going to hear Brian Gudikins coming up next. I appreciate it, pal. Give you a live update tonight at six thirty on the huddle. Okay. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Stay tuned. Uh, coming back, we're going to hear from Brian Gudikins, the full on presser. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what in the actual I, – I wish I had that thought bubble that you can see pop up, you know, like when you produce an Instagram video 
and you see it and the thought bubble pops up and mine would just be a whole bunch of gobbledygook and a WTF at the end that yeah that works um yeah but we got more to come I got man smoke them if you got them during the break we'll be back ready this is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network No, it's shut down now. Nobody's doing any drag racing down at uh, Great Lakes in the snow. But if you are looking for uh, a gift for somebody with the need for speed, don't forget about the 2024 season passes on sale right now. Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. They'll be back at it again next year. The oldest continuously operating track in the wild is Great Lakes Dragaway. And those season passes are coming out. So if you're looking for something for uh, – for somebody who is a car tinkerer or uh, even a, a motorcycle guy, uh, 262-302-2138 or go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com. Brian Gudekins, GM of your Green Bay Packers, just spoke, and here's the way it went. Uh, real quick as we get started, I just want to you know take a little time to talk about Razul uh, and just thank him for his time here, all the, you know, the work um, and the leadership that he provided us. Obviously, that was a, you know, a, a nice uh, practice squad signing in the middle of the season. I don't think you see those too many often, so I'm very appreciative of him. Uh, also, I uh, just want to talk about Rashawn Gary and the extension. Obviously, very core member of our football team, um, and I'm very excited to lock him up for, for a long time. So he means a lot to our football team, and um, we're excited to have him. You know, season hasn't gone like we wanted it to. Um, there's been some frustration, but I think uh, we're very focused on the process how we get through it and uh, continue to get better. So with that, I'll take your questions. Ryan, what, what led to this decision to trade Rasul? Oh, you know, it's uh, that was a tough one because of what he means to our team. But at the same time, you know, we weren't looking to move anybody. Um, got a call kind of um, out of the blue a few days ago. And it ended up being, you know, we kind of weren't really interested in doing it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, um, the offer was kind of too good to pass up. He- been one of the more outspoken people in the locker room about how what, what Matt said after this past game was a mess. Did, did that have any bearing? In Not the, at all. No. You know, Rizul's been a really good leader for us, really positive leader for us, so um, really had nothing to do with that. So along those lines, um, you, stuck, you swapped the draft picks as well, but Rasul's a, you mentioned the leadership, he's a good mm-hmm. player. Um, is that, I guess in the middle ground, it's like a fourth round pick, basically you get form right kind of down to two. Is that worth it for a productive starting guidance Yeah, we thought it was the best interest in the Packers. I mean, obviously, in the short term, you lose a good player. That's tough. Um, but at the same time, I think um, looking kind of, you know, long term, it's going to be in our best interest. So anytime you get a third-round pick that's going to kind of be within the top 100, uh, probably going to be in the top 50 players you have on your board. Um, you know, that's something I think was just too, too good for us to pass up. We wish him well. Uh, he served us well while he was here. And um, like I said, we're excited about the opportunities it presents for some other guys. Brent, what do you thought just seeing Rashawn being able to bounce back the way he has from that knee and now obviously having him in your yeah. forecast long Just an unbelievable example uh, to our football team of how you do it. You know, I mean, from the day he got here, his work ethic was kind of, you know, not many guys match kind of the intensity he brings uh, every day in practice, uh, whether it's in the weight room, the meeting rooms. Um, he just really leads by example. He's really grown, I think, as a leader as well. 
Um, his play speaks for itself. I mean, he's on fire when he's out there, and I think his best football is still ahead of him. You know, so you know, for us to be able to sign a guy, extend a guy for four years right now with his best football ahead of him, um, I think it's really exciting for our football team. He's just got so much out there for himself, and, and um, I think he's going to reach whatever goals he sets. What have you thought of how Jordan's played these first seven games? Yeah. A little bit up and down like our entire offense, right? You know, I think um, it's been a, a work in progress for the entire offense. There's been glimpses, particularly in the second halves, of really good football, um, but we have not started very well. So I think uh, that, that group, that unit as a whole, has a lot of work to do, but at the same time, I think um, they're kind of committed to, pro to the process, believing that that group of guys and um, you know, expect better results coming. Bryce, could it take you more than just this season to find out what you have in Jordan and if he is the guy going forward? I, you know, I hope not. I think you know we got ten games left. These are going to be very important ten games, and um, you know I think he's done a lot of really good things. Really like the way he's responded to, to the adversity, uh, how he's led the team. Um, you know, again, we got to be better as a unit, and uh, I expect that to happen over the next ten games. Um, and um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, we're going through some things um, that we knew we would go through. Um, you know, we haven't had the results we want, but I do like the way the guys are responding to things. I'm sure you're expecting ups and downs with how young you decided to go with the past catching spots, but what do you make of what the last four or five games have been? I mean, I would have, I would have expected better results, but the guys are they're putting the work in. They're doing things the right way. Um, we've certainly seen a lot of glimpses in practice and certainly in the second half of some games, but the consistency hasn't been there. Um, but again, I, I really do believe in the group uh, in that building and the coaching staff. And um, I think big things are ahead. It's just going to, you know, we got to get through these things. We've got to learn from them. We've got to, you know, stay grounded to the process. And if we do that, I think the results will come. There are a lot of issues that on the offense that really have very little to do with the quarterback, the drop passes, wrong routes, the missed blocks, the penalties. How hard does that make it for you to evaluate what the quarterback is doing when there's all this around him? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it really, it's not just evaluating the quarterback, but everything, you know, all the players. I mean, when, when, the, when the group as a whole is not functioning the way it should function, it's hard to evaluate anybody. So um, at the same time, you know, it's, it's on us to get that right, you know, so we can move forward and evaluate the guys that we have in that, in that room. Um, but uh, yeah, it does, when, it, when we're not clicking, it's, it's tough to evaluate anything. You said multiple times this offseason that you guys didn't have a winning record with Aaron until midway through his second mm -hmm. season. Did, did you expect that first seven games might look like this? Yeah, I don't really try to put too many expectations. I try not to put any ceilings or floors on anything. I think I want those guys to be able to play free, get out there and play free and, and fast and, uh, and just kind of um, see what happens. Um, you know, there's expectations around here. You know, the results, um, winning is not winning is not, is not fun, right, for anyone. So. Um, everybody's frustrated, um, but at the same time, I think no one stopped working and they've stayed together. That's important for us. Um, and I think, uh, you know, as long as they do that, you know, the results will come in time. Brian, back to the secondary, what do you make of that room now, you know, mm -hmm. injured as you are and, and with Rasul? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it made it a little tougher to, to think about doing that, you know, just because of where we are injury-wise and, you know, with Jair not being able to play a few games and Stokes where he's at. But um, I do like, you know, the young guys in that room, you know, Stokes, Valentine, um, you know, and certainly Jair sounds like hopefully he's getting back to full health, which will be nice. Um, so I like I like the players in that room, but losing a guy like Razul this time of year is tough. Um, but uh, I expect those guys to fill the gaps. You said you, expect, you kind of expected more from this receiving group. What's kind of held them back, and did you give any consideration to maybe adding a veteran to that mix? Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we, we looked at a lot of possibilities of adding. There just really, quite frankly, wasn't, wasn't much out there to add. So, um, you know, we looked at some things, um, but none of them, there was really wasn't much to look at, to be honest. But um, I also think that those guys, it's just a matter of if they make the plays that I know they're capable of making, then I think this thing can turn around a little bit quickly, you know. So, again, it's, it's the whole offense as a group, you know, moving forward together and just being more – um, refined in what they're doing and just I think it, you know just the whole organization just everybody kind of doing their job uh, and doing their job a little bit better and we'll get to where we need to go. Back to Jordan you've got an enormous decision to make there right I mean if you if the season doesn't go right you might end up top five pick or you gotta give him a contract extension I mean there's these humongous variations how do you, so what do you need to see out of him? Yeah, was, I mean, obviously, there'll be time for that, Bill. I, I think right now you know, we're worried about being the Rams. You know, that's that's the most important thing. So, right now, it's just about we, we have a lot of faith in Jordan, and I think so. You know, we got to get the offense playing better, and when that does, those things will take care of themselves. But right now, I think we're really focused on the Rams. Goody, how do you balance that? You know, you can say we're focused on beating the Rams, but your chances of beating the Rams didn't get better by trading Rasul yesterday, right? Like with what you've got at corner right now. So how do you? How do you balance it? I know you don't like the word rebuild and that kind of thing, but you know if this is in the best interest of the team, it's because you're getting to move into the third. I mean, you didn't even you didn't get a third round pick for him, right? Like you gave up a fifth round pick as part of it, which could be toward the top of the fifth round potentially. So, how, how do you balance the we want to beat the Rams on Sunday with what you're trying to do long term? Yeah, I, think, I mean, you look at it all, right? You look where your team's at. And I think uh, for us right now, I think um, we have some young players at that position we really like and we want to see play. We need to see play, right? And, um, you know, again, um, you know, to me, it's about, you know, we got to play better as units, offense, defense, and special teams, play complementary football. We haven't done that. And I think, um, you know, this is, again, I know whenever you take any player away from your football team, it's tough to get better, right? But at the same time, I think, you know, my job is to kind of keep an eye on right now, but also, you know, an eye on the future. And um, again, getting a pick in the top 100 was something that I just didn't think we could pass up at this time. So. You, that was kind of what you said, too, when we talked about uh, Mercedes and not bringing him back, right? So the other part I'm curious about is, you know, I saw Rasul on Monday in the corner of the locker room with Wicks and Valentine, and he was clearly talking to them, kind of trying to build them up and say, hey, we got to get our act together, right? He walked off the field with Jordan, trying to kind of pump him up mm -hmm. too. I'm wondering, do you have to consider when you're weighing this trade, what the message is to the locker room for the guys that are in there now, sure. and if and what do you think that message is, or how that gets received? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you consider all those things. I think you consider all those things, and quite frankly, at the beginning, that's why I said no. I'm like, yeah, not you know, for what was being offered, it didn't make any sense. But once it got to a certain point, it's there's some offers you can't refuse, and this is one of those. You know what I mean for the player. And um, again, we wish him well, but I also think you know right now that there's um, there's opportunity. And I have a lot of expectations for players to step into leadership roles that need to step into leadership roles. Um, I think they've done that. Um, we've seen, certainly seen some evidence of that, and I think I, that needs to continue to grow. And, um, and I'm, I'm hopeful and excited that it will. Let's do this. Let's, let's take a break. I, I, I want to keep going, but I, we need to take a break. we got to get to it. Um, boy, there, there's a lot there uh, to unpack. Holy mackerel. Um, We'll be back. Got more Brian Gutekinds coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas. Prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 Welcome back. Good to have you. I got a hell of a question coming up for you here after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. I want to get back into it. Brian Gutekind's talking to the media. Here you go. The one move. Why not look to deal maybe some of the other veterans who might have, who might have, you might not call them. Yeah, like I said, we didn't go into this looking to deal anybody. Um, quite frankly, we were kind of looking to add maybe something if we could. Um, that didn't transpire, but uh, this kind of came out of nowhere and um, just made sense for our football team. Did you think Watson was coming out relative to, you know, fairly high picks like that? Um, not any more than most. So what do you think, has that panned out, or do you think was he a little more raw than you thought coming out? No, no, no I just think right now our offense isn't playing well as a whole, you know, which I think limits opportunities for, for all the guys. Um, so I don't think there's any, like, rawness there that I need to worry, that we need to worry about now. These, I know everybody talks a little bit about our team being young. We're seven games in. I mean, that whole young thing's out the window, right? We're, they're professional football players. There's expectations. Um, and, you know, so we're not shying away from that. With that said, I'm going to go out on a limb and say when you draft a player, you're not expecting the first seven games of his career to be his best football. Right. What are you seeing on film specifically that gives you hope that there's potential, there's talent here, especially when things are so bleak? Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, every day in practice, seeing how these guys work, um, there's been adversity, seeing how they've handled that adversity, um, how they're leaning on each other. Um, I think that'll, that'll give this group an ability to move forward and have success in the future. Uh, they got to do it. You know, it's easy to talk about it, but they got to do it. Um, but the expectation is that they will. Brian, what do you, uh, what's your assess of the offensive line through seven games? Yeah, no, I think, you know, they've, they've done a nice job pass blocking. We haven't got our run game going as, as, as good as we've wanted to, you know. Um, there's been some injuries there as well. But, uh, um, you know, I think some young players, you know, Rashid came in, did a nice job for us. Um, you know, so I think they played. I think Josh Myers playing the best football since he's been here. So he's playing very, very well. Uh, it's good to have Elton back up there on a, on a full-time basis, um, even though he was working through some things um, for a couple games there. But, no, I think they've done they've done a nice job. they got to continue to improve just like the rest of the offense. But um, they've done a good job. When is, when is Dave having that second surgery, or has he had it already? Yeah, I'll let Dave kind of talk about that. I know that there's some stuff scheduled coming soon here. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, how do you approach that situation? Because it's going to probably be till right. next, next <clears throat> August or whatever till he's ready. Yeah, I think for three years, it's been a little touch and go, right? So we're just going to have to kind of see how the surgery goes and, and how Dave's doing. and um, He's got decisions to make as well. So this isn't a, what he's going through is not a short-term thing, so it's going to take some time. 
the expectations and the standards that are set around here, how, where is your uh, patience at right now? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, that's a good question. Um, everybody's frustrated, you know, I think, and that's, uh, they should be, right? You know, we, we expected to perform better. And the frustration level, I think, throughout the building is, 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 is there. But at the same time, you know, I think we believe in the process that we're doing. So you just kind of focus on that. Again, I think everybody's really got to focus in on doing their job and doing their job just a little bit better. And, and we'll get to where we need to go. But it's, uh, um, it's no fun to be in the situation we're in. Uh, but again, the belief in the people in that room, the locker room, the coaching staff, and everybody in this building is there. You got a lot of talent on, on defense. Um, what do you think's not quite added up there to it being high in what you were hoping for? Yeah, I just don't think we played consistent enough. Um, certainly, they've been put in some tough spots just because of the time of possession and things that they've gone through. But uh, we just got to be, you know, a little bit more sound, a little bit more consistent. Um, again, we've seen flashes of the pass rush come through, and we've had some some moments. It's just not uh, a little bit like last year. Just the consistency is not there. There you go. Uh, I got. Questions, uh, man, I, I boy, there, there's there's a lot there to unpack. Um, he kept saying we got to be about beating the Rams, and then he said we got to be worried about the future, and then he says you know there's a, there's a lot of football left to play, and he won't even entertain talking about what to do if if Jordan Love's not the guy, if things don't get better, if he says no, they're, 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 things are getting better, things are getting better, where, how. It just won't talk about it. Won't answer the question. I mean, considering all the things, there's opportunities, the young guys, the young the young guys are supposed to step into leadership roles because you, you got rid of one of your leaders. I, I, it, that was a lot of tap dancing. That was a lot, I mean, a lot of tap dancing, of just I'm not answering the question. I'm going to dance around it. I'm going to give you cliches. I'm not going to talk about the what is bad. You know, ah, oh, guys are in position. They're not playing complimentary football. It's consistency. No, it, this is bad. Nobody will talk about it. Damn it. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. <laughs> 